morning, everyone. Um, for those who don't know, I'm Ben. Uh, I'm here in my house. Uh, I've got my lockdown hairdo and isolation beard coming along nicely, uh, which I can't touch, obviously. Uh, and I say morning, but actually right now it's Wednesday afternoon when I'm recording this. Uh, so that's a slightly strange and unusual experience for me. Um, but I hope you're all holding up okay, uh, wherever you are now and whatever your situation is. Um, and it's great to have you with us this morning, Sunday morning. Um, the topic I've been given today uh, is the God who is with us in suffering. Um, and actually that topic was set ages ago uh, and I've been thinking about it for a while but obviously it feels now quite different than when I first started thinking about it that maybe this question of suffering feels um, a bit closer to home, closer to the surface, it's obviously something we're all um, experiencing sort of nationally in a, in a different way at the moment um, and I know this is a um, sad and difficult and painful time more so than usual for lots of people in lots of different ways. Um, I know families who've been made to isolate separately, kids and parents uh, in different houses, um, already hearing of friends who've lost loved ones, um, people who are struggling with the, the isolation aspects of it, people who are struggling with having kids around all the time and working out how to do life in that new setup, people who are struggling with being key workers and having to continue going out to work while everyone else is being urged to stay home and yeah it feels like there's a lot of things that are sad and, and difficult and painful in lots of different ways right now um, and so yeah I'm just very conscious of, the, of that way in which this idea of suffering is live uh, in a way that it maybe isn't always um, and I'm, I'm struggling to articulate that slightly because it, it feels I don't know about you I'm finding it hard to know what to say right now in general um, you don't want to panic people, you don't want to make people complacent, uh, you don't want to give false reassurance, you don't want to um, bring unnecessary doom and gloom. Uh, yeah, it's a completely new situation for all of us and I'm finding it hard to know what to say in general, let alone this morning on a sermon on God uh, who is with us in our suffering. Um, but let's let's start. Let's have a look at the passage uh, that we're reading this morning, um, and I see where we get to. I suppose uh, so. We're in Luke, um, Luke chapter twenty-three, um, and I'm going to start at verse thirty-two. Giving you time to find it in your own Bibles or phones or whatever. Okay, Luke twenty-three, starting at verse thirty-two. Two other men, both criminals, were also led out with Jesus to be executed. 
When they came to the place called the Skull, they crucified him there, along with the criminals, one on his right, the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. The people stood watching, and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, He saved others. Let him save himself if he is God's Messiah, the Chosen One. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar and said, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was a written notice above him which read, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence? We are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, truly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. It was now about noon and darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon for the sun stopped shining and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When he had said this, he breathed his last. The centurion, seeing what happened, praised God and said, Surely this was a righteous man. And when all the people who had gathered to witness this sight saw what took place, they beat their breasts and went away. But all those who knew him, including the women who had followed him from Galilee, stood at a distance, watching these things. So probably an incredibly uh, familiar story to most of us, um, even if you've never been in a church in person or online before, you're probably aware of the story of the crucifixion of Jesus. Uh, and sometimes that familiarity takes away the strangeness that I think we should feel in response to it. It is a what a, what a wild idea. Like everything in Christianity, it hangs on this massive if. Um, if Jesus was more than just a preacher, uh, if he was somehow the person of God, God walking around in human form. I mean, that's a huge if. But if that is the case, then that is a completely wild story. What, uh, what an incredible and tragic uh, notion that God would turn up on earth in human form and then the end, or the middle maybe, uh, the seeming end of that story would be that he gets killed in this brutal way by uh, humankind that he created. It's, yeah, I think sometimes it's such a mind-blowing and massively strange idea that we struggle to sort of feel the fullness of it. Um, so what does that say to us um, 
I mean, the idea that God has suffered and knows what suffering is like is certainly kind of interesting. It's an interesting philosophical provocation. There's lots to reflect on there. It's an interesting question to think about. Um, there's quite a lot of good stuff out there. Maybe I'll give some links to other sermons other people have done online. Um, lots of interesting things about how this is different than lots of other ways of thinking about the idea of suffering and the idea of God. It's different from an idea of karma. It's different from an idea of honour. It's a pretty unique notion, the idea that God has suffered. And there's loads of interesting stuff uh, to think about there. Those are interesting theories to mull, but it doesn't really, I don't know, it doesn't feel like a time for mulling interesting series right now and anyone who knows me will know that I did not say that lightly uh, nothing I love more than mulling an interesting series but right now uh, I mean, when I do a talk in general and especially at the moment I kind of want there to be um, one thing that we can take away from it and I, I kind of want a thing to, to do or a change to make a thing to um, enact in our lives today um, so if you want to do some thinking about the interesting theories, um, feel free to do that. But I was trying to think what is, what's one thing I want to do or to change or to encourage people in um, off the back of this idea that God knows what suffering is like and uh, God went to the cross and endured all this uh, desperate pain and tragedy. Um, and again, like I said at the top, I'm really struggling to know what to say at the moment, so I'm pretty much going to stick to about the only thing I can think of or feel confident in saying in this kind of time. Like, when things, when there's so much genuine uh, pain and hardship, there's, there's no... Um, answer that will make it okay there's no neat thing you can say that solves it there's no incantation uh, that will protect you or take you out of this uh, situation there's no magic wand that will fix it overnight one of the things I think we learn from this story is um, that God doesn't promise to take away all of our suffering while we're on earth. In fact, if you look through the New Testament, you probably end up concluding the opposite, that we should expect that things are going to be tough and that hard times are going to be here. And actually the promise is uh, that God will be with us in that and through that. Um, and that's about the only thing I feel confident to say. I don't want to attempt some reason that makes sense of everything. I don't want to attempt some fix that makes it go away I just all I feel confident in right now really is um, that one thing you can do when things are really hard is go to God with it um, maybe that sounds a little bit trite um, but genuinely in all the hardest times in my life and there haven't been loads to be fair, and there are many other people who can speak to this with more uh, experience. But in all the hardest times in my life, 
including the times when I've been angry with God, uh, when it feels like, surely, if he knows what suffering is like, he wouldn't want us to endure it in this way. Even in those times, the only person I trust, really, to go to with all that stuff is God. Um, and that's tricky, you know, recommending, recommending people is always uh, slightly nerve-wracking, right? Like if you suggest a friend to go for a job with a company that you work at, you know, suddenly, as soon as you've done it, you worry, oh my goodness, what if they get the job and they hate it? Or what if they go for the job and they don't get it? Or if they do get the job and the company hates them and it's so nerve-wracking? Um, or sometimes you introduce two of your friends to each other and then you think, oh no, why have I, why have I done this? This might not work out the way I planned, then maybe they'll not like each other and they'll think less of me as a result of it. I don't know, maybe this is a disaster. I feel like recommending people to other people is always a um, slightly risky endeavour. Uh, but in this case, I'm totally confident in it. There is no person and no situation where I wouldn't trust that they could speak to God about it and that God would welcome that and that they would welcome that uh, yeah and like I say even the times where it's been God that I've been angry with he's still the only place I feel able to go to take that stuff anywhere where it means something and I can trust I can trust it into that person's care. Um, and I guess just what I wanted to finish with this morning was just an encouragement um, to you, wherever you are, whatever situation you're in, however you're experiencing this lockdown time at the moment, whatever other suffering you might be contending with in your life, whatever other suffering around the world is heavy on your heart right now. Um, It's okay to go to God with that. And that's, that's about all I've got this morning uh, is, yeah, it's, it's okay. Um, whatever state you're in. So I often, I don't know if any, any of you have this, but um, often I, when I haven't spoken to someone for a long time, I find it really hard to know how to start that you know it's like oh I've left it too long to reply to this letter or this email or this whatsapp and so now I have to make the best reply to to make it okay that I've given it three months uh delay in getting back to them and I really have to craft it to make it acceptable um and yeah if I kind of get behind in my contact with somebody uh that makes me not want to pick up the conversation. And I'm often, that's probably my default state, I would say, with me and God. It's too many times I leave it too long and I haven't said anything uh, for ages and then I feel like I have to kind of get it all right and perfect before I try and reopen communication. 
but I know really that that's not how it works. It's, it's okay. You can start from wherever you are. If you've never spoken to God before, if you feel like you've reached out to God 50 times and never got anywhere, uh, if you feel like you and him are closest pals, <laughs> uh, it's, it's always okay to try and say something and I would always encourage anybody to do it. Um, doesn't matter where you're at in your life, you don't have to have everything sorted, you don't have to be a good person, whatever that means, you don't have to have everything fixed up and tidy, you don't have to have your thoughts ordered in a way that if you're going to somehow sort of try this reaching out is it telepathically? How does it even work? You know, is he going to see everything else that's in my brain? I better make sure it's all neat and tidy, get all that cleaned up before I speak to it. It's not, it's not the case. It's okay uh, to start wherever you're at. If you're angry with God, if you don't necessarily even think that there would be anybody out there to pick up the other end of this reaching out, uh, if you feel like God has let you down if you feel like actually all you would want to say to God is uh, insults and cursing and to hurl your fists at God then that's okay too that's what the Old Testament book of Habakkuk is somebody basically screaming out to God and saying why is everything such a mess what are you doing um, you can do that that's totally okay. Um, and anything else you can think of, wherever you are in your house, whatever you're wearing, I think I've worn this hoodie for, I think it's about day six straight of wearing this exact hoodie. Uh, wherever you are in your house, uh, yeah, any condition you can think of there is always okay. It's never an obstacle. It's always okay to go to God with whatever you're carrying at any time. Um, and lastly, I just want to wrap up by saying, like, that's nice of me to assert that. That sounds like a pleasant thing, but how, what gives me so much confidence to say that? And really, it is this story that we've read this morning. That's why I feel so confident that it's always okay, no matter what state we're in, um, because of this idea of Jesus going to the cross. Um, in Hebrews, uh, it talks about how Jesus endured the cross for the joy set before him. And the Christian, the biblical idea of what that joy was is, is exactly relationship with us, is bringing humanity back into connection with God. And that's the joy that was enough to carry Jesus through all the physical and even bigger um, pain and strife of that experience. There's a bit where he cries out and says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And there's this idea that God and Jesus are somehow for a moment separated from each other. And that's a pain even bigger and deeper and scarier than any of the physical strife that he was also suffering. And the idea is that the reason that he was able to endure that stuff was because of the promise that at the end of it, 
there'd be a chance for us and him to be uh, connected. Um, and you see that even on in that story on the cross, the thief who says, Lord, remember me. And he says, today you'll be with me in paradise. No conditions, no sort this out and get back to me. No, have you noticed you're a thief? Nothing. It's always okay. Uh, wherever you're starting from, wherever you want to say, uh, it's okay. And I know that because you are the reason that Jesus endured the cross. And I would bet my house, I would bet my life on the fact that God will always be glad to hear from you, whoever you are, wherever you are, whatever is going on for you and whatever you want to say or shout or scream, or you might not have any words at all, or you might just need to cry. <laughs> the one person I would always trust to go to that with is God. And I'm so sure of it because you're the reason he endured the cross for precisely for that reason, to be in touch with you. Uh, let's pray. Father God, thank you uh, for that incredible and um, strange idea. Um, thank you that it's always okay to come to you and thank you that you know what it is to endure suffering Thank you that you promised to be with us in our sufferings. Help us to remember the stuff that other people are going through. And help us to not hide away from you. In Jesus' name, Amen.